Hello and welcome to the Vet Professionals 10-Minute Tips podcast series. My name is Sarah Caney. I'm an RCVS specialist in feline medicine and founder of vetprofessionals.com. I have a passion for feline medicine and started the 10-minute tips sessions during lockdown in 2020 as a way of sharing tips I have learned with other vets and nurses. The following podcast was recorded as a 10-minute tips Zoom webinar on the 14th of October 2020 and you can watch the recording on the video tutorial page of vetprofessionals.com. Look under the helpful info menu for video tutorials and then click on the 10-minute tips tab. In this session I discuss how to place a nasoesophageal tube in a conscious cat. This is a technique which is not only helpful for providing short-term nutritional support but also for some other medical reasons as I'll discuss. Thanks for choosing to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it helpful. So let's make a start. Um, slightly ambitiously as well for 10 minutes, going to talk about placing nasoesophageal feeding tubes in cats today. So I think the first question to ask ourselves is why and when might it actually be useful to place a nasoesophageal feeding tube or a nasoesophageal tube? Let's leave the feeding out of it uh, to start with. So advantages of these are that they are technically easy to place. You don't need to sedate or anaesthetize your patient to place one of these tubes. And from a nutritional perspective, a big advantage is that literally as soon as it's placed, you can start feeding. You don't need to delay, which would be the case if you had an animal that you'd anaesthetized for placement of an esophagostomy or gastrostomy tube. So some very quick important initial advantages there. It's still possible for the patient to eat so that they can uh, still eat whilst this tube is in place and that's helpful because it can guide us as to when to remove that tube. And they're very useful, therefore, for nutritional support, um, but also for other purposes, such as preparation for colonoscopy, administration of laxative solutions, for example. Also, in your very constipated, obst obstipated cat, uh, useful situation there to administer oral laxative solutions um, and therefore get a result that avoids the necessity for general anaesthesia and evacuation of the feces. But there are some disadvantages and probably the most important disadvantage, which is hinted at on this slide, is that I've put short term support uh, for feeding support. And that's because often they're not that well tolerated. So it's not very popular with the cat to have a tube in its nose, to have to wear an Elizabethan collar. Um, they, they don't generally like having these in place. And so therefore, you may find that the cat tries to and even succeeds in removing its tube. Also, these tubes are very small because they have to fit in a nostril. So that means that you have to feed a liquid food. You cannot liquidize cat food and pass that through the tube. It will block. And that is, of course, extremely frustrating because whilst there are things you can do to try and unblock a blocked tube, um, things like cranberry extract, uh, Coca-Cola, uh, other carbonated drinks, pancreatic enzymes, all these sorts of things have been suggested often the end result of a blocked tube is that it has to be removed. 
So some very definite uh, disadvantages there. Um, and uh, similarly, I've shown in, on this slide an example of a kinked uh, tube. So you can see this very soft and flexible tube, which is comfortable for the cat, has just unfortunately kinked uh, just on entry to the nostril. So it's quite hard to actually get the liquid to pass without pulling it out slightly from the nostril and allowing more of a curvature, which then risks it, it coming out altogether. To uh, allow feeding via this tube also you need to have a functional esophagus so you couldn't use this method of feeding for a cat with esophagitis or megaesophagus for example it would be quite unlikely to be successful that cat's still likely to regurgitate and that will uh, risk aspiration but also the tube will come out as well. And it's very common for cats when you've placed these tubes to have a, an ocular discharge the same side of the tube just due to irritation of, of the drainage uh, of the tears. So accepting those disadvantages and remembering that there are definitely some advantages for short-term nutritional support, perhaps stabilizing your patient for placement of a, a more permanent feeding tube, how are we going to do this? Well, our shopping list of equipment um, is a tube, which ideally should be soft and flexible. And you want to choose a tube that is um, as large as possible for that cat's nostril that will fit through. So in a Persian cat, typically you will have to use a smaller diameter tube to a main coon, but you do want to choose the, the largest one that will comfortably pass. You need some lubricant gel some topical local anaesthetic and then to check tube placement you need an empty syringe and a syringe containing five to ten mils of sterile water and then to fix your tube you need some suture material and tape or some super glue to use with your tape uh, the gloves are to stop you sticking yourself to the cats if you're using super glue um, an elizabethan collar afterwards to help prevent the cat from being able to remove the tube and then of course your patient and the very photogenic example i've used in these slides is a cat called withiel so the first step is to anaesthetize the nostril I am right-handed, so I find it easiest to pass a tube through the left nostril. And to anaesthetize that nostril, um, I will use some topical local anesthetic, and I usually use uh, one that's designed for ophthalmic use, so proximeticane, just put a drop or two into the nostril, also applying to the surface of the nostril. And what you will notice is that when that is applied, uh, the cat will typically um, salivate a little may um, uh, express some, uh, I'd say, mild disgust at the, the taste of that local anaesthetic. So it's obvious that it has drained back through the nostril to the pharynx. Um, but after that initial reaction, um, the cat will typically not react to subsequent drops of uh, local anaesthetic and it works very rapidly within a couple of minutes. So if you just reapply or drop or two um, every 30 seconds or so, you can then tell by gently touching the nostril whether or not uh, the cat uh, is now anaesthetized um, and you can pass your tube. And all the time that that's happening, so whilst you're waiting for uh, the, the nostril to uh, become locally anaesthetized, you can get your tube ready and measure your tube to about the eighth to the 10th rib, which is where you want it to terminate. You, you want this tube to end in the esophagus, not in the stomach, because if it goes all the way through to the stomach, then there will be uh, a higher risk of gastroesophageal reflux, which may cause esophagitis, discomfort, um, and further complications. So you want your tube to end in the distal esophagus.
And so you can measure with your tube, you can place some tape or mark on your tube uh, to guide you as to how far to pass it. The next step is to just put a little bit of lubricant gel on the tip of your tube and then holding your tube as far away from the tip as you can whilst maintaining directional control of the tube, uh, you then want to pass that tube into the cat's nostrils. So typically what I'm uh, talking about here is holding the tube about five centimetres from the tip if you can. Um, and the reason for that is that if you hold the tube closer to the tip, then what you will find is you might get a little bit into the cat's nostril. They will then move their head and that tube is instantly out of the cat's nostril and you end up with this sort of yo-yoing in and out of the nostril and not actually getting it in fully. If you have a length of tube of about five centimetres, then you can sort of launch very gently that tube through the nostril, aiming ventrally immediately, and you get so far through that the cat, even if they move their head, the tube does not come out and that gives you the opportunity to then quickly pass it uh, down into the esophagus. And for most cats, it's just that initial bit going into the nostril. Um, I would think probably because of the visual of, of someone approaching your nose with a tube, which they find a bit off-putting and they're likely to, to try and move away from. Once you've passed down to the esophagus, and in actual fact, most cats will, will be quite comfortable and relaxed about the procedure. Their nose is still anaesthetized, and you can give them a little bit of a break, as we have done here with Withiel. You can see not looking absolutely impressed with the whole procedure, but also not making any attempt to remove that tube. And then this gives us the opportunity also to confirm that we are in the esophagus as, as we wish to be. So the first part of that step is to attach our empty syringe to, to our tube and suck back to aspirate. And if we're in the esophagus, then when we aspirate, we should find we get very little or no air at all. It should essentially be a vacuum because the esophagus, um, unless there is a mega esophagus, is, is empty of air and you then will just collapse uh, that tissue onto the end of the tube, hence getting no air and just a vacuum in your tube. And then having successfully done that step, the next step is to get your tube with some sterile water and to attach, uh, sorry, your syringe with your sterile water and attach that to your tube and uh, gently flush through the tube and monitor your patient. And what should happen typically is that nothing happens. The cat just sits there and looks at you. Sometimes the cat will swallow um, and uh, you will actually see that. And sometimes you can hear a little gurgle in the stomach as the, as the water goes through into the stomach. But what of course you're looking for and listening for is any evidence of the cat coughing, which might indicate your tube is in the wrong place, is, is in the trachea. That is extremely, extremely unlikely and a cat like Withiel that you can see mentally, neurologically uh, looks com completely normal. Um, so you would only be worried really about, uh, I think, passing into the esophagus inadvertently in a cat that's much more sick, uh, very debilitated cat, or if you're doing this procedure under sedation, for example. And so hence this comment on the slide that uh, you can confirm uh, correct placement of your tube by taking a radiograph to check that you are absolutely certain that the tube is in the esophagus. And that is absolutely essential if you're doing this procedure in a very sick cat or in a sedated cat or anaesthetized cat. 
And then lastly, once you're happy that the tube is firstly in place, in the right place, and also at the right distance down there, so you've pre-measured your tube, you can then fix it to your patient, uh, either with a suture um, or with some uh, topical superglue, um, which is in some quarters, I think, considered a little bit cruel, but has been a traditional uh, option that, that many of us, including myself, have used to fix that tube, um, the tapes attached to the tube onto the cat's fur. You will often find that the fur does drop out over that area, so little bald patches do develop post-tube uh, removal. And then we can move on to uh, the next step, which is place a, ideally a nice, soft, comfortable, flexible Elizabethan collar. So not as modelled by Withiel, um, but something uh, similar to the picture on the right hand side would be preferred. And then instantly we can start feeding. And that's the great advantage of placing this in a completely conscious cat. From a feeding perspective, we do need to stick to the liquid foods. So something like the Royal Canin recovery liquids are ideal because they are formulated for tube feeding and you know that they are not going to block your tube. But there are other options. So for example, we can mix uh, tinned uh, Hills AD with some water to make it more watery and that will pass down a tube. Or we can use the Royal, Con uh, Royal Canin convalescence uh, powder, again, thoroughly mixed with water um, or other options like you can Uber high calorie diet mixed with water um, and pass down the tube. But a great advantage of those diets that come as a liquid is that you know you have uh, I think more reassurance that you're not going to get any blockages with these small tubes. So the next step having decided which food we're using is to calculate how much of that uh, are the daily requirements and uh, this patient Ralph is a cat with pyothorax who is very sick, too sick to be anaesthetized for placement of an esophagostomy tube so we initially passed a nasoesophageal feeding tube to support him and he weighed 2.8 kilos so his resting energy requirements are 152 calories which very conveniently with the Royal Canin Foods is 150 52 mils. So the next key thing is really that we don't want to feed our total daily requirements straight away. That can be a bit of a shock to our anorexic cat, very likely to be associated with gastrointestinal uh, side effects in particular. So what we typically recommend is that on day one, you feed a third of the nutritional requirements and you make up the rest of the volume. So that 152 mils with water. So water flushes either side of a small meal and that also you you feed several small meals a day so four to six meals a day would be typical for this and if you see any signs of nausea the cat starts to salivate or vocalize uh, or um, look uncomfortable then then stop that meal because that may indicate that they just are, are finding it difficult to cope with food in their stomach having been anorexic for some time if all goes well on day one, then you can increase on day two to two thirds of the nutritional requirements and day three, the full nu nutritional requirements and uh, take it from there. In summary, these tubes are straightforward to place. They definitely have a role, I believe, particularly for very sick cats, where even if we think this cat will need long term nutritional support, if we're worried about anaesthetizing it today for placement of a more long term indwelling tube, such as an esophagostomy tube, we can do something short term that will really help to improve our patient's clinical status and get them into a better state for anaesthesia, perhaps in a few days, if we still think they're going to need that long term appetite support nutritional support. 
so very very helpful in in the short term um, and also i put a note here that um, for some cats that really hate the tubes being left in them they actually will tolerate having a tube passed several times a day so although that sounds uh in some ways worse for the cat having to place a nasoesophageal feeding tube several times a day. I have had some patients where actually they tolerate better having four placements a day with the tube just taken out completely afterwards than having a tube indwelling. Something I forgot to mention on the previous slide as well is just that we should warm the food before we put it down the tube to just below um, body temperature so that it is not cold going into the body. And I think that probably is, is enough to say for now, other than that next time, in two weeks time, we'll talk about esophagostomy tube placement, which I think is uh, extremely helpful for the more medium to long-term support of those cats that need nutritional management. Um, also a reminder of the resources that are available on the website, uh, many of which are free to access. The helpful info menu is probably the most helpful one because it has free downloads, the technical guides, but also the video tutorials page which has recordings of all the previous 10-minute tip sessions and other free to access webinars as well um, so lots to look at lots to, to get from that which I hope will help you in your clinics as well and very lastly just wanted to uh, plug a few surveys that we have open at the moment um, and in particular two surveys that we have open on telemedicine this is where um, we are doing a consultation over the phone or via a video uh, consultation using Zoom, for example, or perhaps even email, basically anything which is not face-to-face -face in person is telemedicine. And we have two surveys, one for veterinary professionals and one for cat owners. And we're particularly interested in people's experience and views on the use of telemedicine for feline patients um, in our current uh, COVID era and would really, really appreciate you um, not only only filling in these surveys for yourselves um, but also sharing with colleagues and also of course the cat owner one sharing with your clients and we do have some information on our Facebook page if easier to share in that way so uh, really really would appreciate your support. Thank you very much for choosing to listen and I will now be very happy to answer any questions. I'll start by looking in the chat box um, and then uh, feel free to uh, either unmute yourself or enter further questions. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to this session. For more information, please visit vetprofessionals.com. You can find YouTube recordings of all of the 10-minute tips sessions on the video tutorials page. To find the video tutorials page, click on the helpful info menu on the home page. Don't forget that you can also attend future 10-minute tips sessions live and have the opportunity to ask questions. You can read more about how to access these sessions on the video tutorials page of the website. Lastly, if you found this podcast helpful, don't forget to subscribe and add a review. Thank you.